Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Uh, good to have you on board. Good morning, Rob. Good morning. How you doing? Great. How are you this morning? Very good. How was your week? Excellent and very busy as usual. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, is, 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 is there a time of year that's busier than others? Um, We're getting into it now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, you know, when the weather starts getting a little bit nicer, mm. people do come out in droves because, you know, open houses and driving around looking at things is a lot better in the uh, springtime, in the summertime versus battling with snow and ice and yeah. that sort of There's thing. not many. You're right. There's, I don't see many open houses in the winter months. Actually, I don't see many people out and about in the winter months, come to think of it. And that's probably yep. the reason yep. why there are no open houses uh, that time of year, especially here in the Northeast. I would imagine down south, though, it's year round. It right? is. Yeah. You know, I'm licensed in Florida and Ooh. do a ton of business down there. It's active 365 days a year. And I would say lately it's been active here, even during the winter months. Mm-hmm. It's just not as much. As people start thinking about moving and a lot of leases come up in the summer and that sort of thing, it just makes sense to start getting out there. When the weather gets nicer, people's minds start going. What do they want to do? Where do they want to be? How do they want to live? And that all ties in with real estate and mortgage. You know, last week, I'm not sure if you remember this or not, but it was a week ago that we were discussing um, how to prep for a mortgage when when you're buying a home. And you had... I mean, you went into detail on so many things, but there was one thing in particular that I thought maybe we can kind of zone in on and concentrate on. That's really, you know, like the mortgage process. I was thinking to myself after we concluded that show, I'm like, man, you could probably do a whole show just on that. Um, You want to tackle it or? or, Let's do it. All right. So um, what are the different parts of the mortgage process. I would imagine there's a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of different moving parts and milestones, but you can really break it up into three main sections. It's going to be a pre-approval or the upfront process if you're buying a home. If you're refinancing, it's going to be putting your proposal together Mm -hmm. of what that new mortgage is going to look like, what that strategy is going to look like. That's the first part of the process. The second part is going to be once things are moving forward, we need to process your mortgage application. There's a lot of documentation and information and verification that needs to be done. That's really the meat of the mortgage process and what I would call the actual processing of your mortgage loan. And then once that's complete and everything's signed off and good to go, then you have the closing process and the funding process. That's the conclusion of the entire thing. That's when you sign the final paperwork, you get obligated to that mortgage, and the money for that mortgage is dispersed out. In the case of a refinance, dispersed to your current lender, to your credit cards, to you if you're getting money back. In the case of buying a home, that's the money that would be dispersed to the seller of the property that you're buying, to the attorney, to the different parties that are involved, the realtors and whatnot. That's the final step in the process. So those are the three pieces. You mentioned the word milestones and the beginning of that explanation. So maybe maybe you can walk us through the, you know, the milestones that will occur while a mortgage is being processed. Let me go into some specific detail on that. So that first step is putting in a loan application, which is going to entail either speaking with a lender on the phone mm-hmm. or filling out an online questionnaire where you can give all your pertinent financials, your identity information. Are you a U.S. citizen or not? What do you do for work? How much money do you have available? That sort of thing. Okay, that's going to be your loan application. Then we're going to move you into a pre-approval or a proposal stage in the case of a refinance where we actually put the mechanics together of what that mortgage is going to look like. What is your uh, interest rate going to be? 
what different uh, mortgage insurance, for example, that you need. Ooh. Property taxes, insurance. We need to get estimates on all that stuff. That's going to all be done early on in the process. Uh, then from there, you're going to move over to the contract phase when you're buying a home, which is getting out there, looking at properties, and putting in offers, having negotiations done. Ultimately, you're going to walk away from that with a contract. Some people, that takes a couple days to a week. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in these crazy markets like we're in right now, you could be looking and negotiating for months before things are actually ready and you have a contract. And when I'm talking about a contract, I mean you have signed saying you're buying a house, the seller has signed saying they're selling you that house, and all the terms. Are they giving you money towards closing? How much are you putting down for a deposit? What's the actual price of the home? Any other specifics like home inspections, appraisals, those sort of things will typically be mentioned. And there'll be some specific dates in there on when you need to have your mortgage fully approved by, when the closing date's going to be, that's all going to be in the contract. Once that's finalized, then we're going to move over to the submission to underwriting. This is where it leaves the hands of your mortgage originator or your loan processor, and it goes to an underwriter. Their job is to verify, dot the I's and cross the T's. If we say you make $5,000 a month, do you really make that? Do we have the documentation to back that up? If we say you have 30 grand in your savings, do you actually have that? Okay, if it's $30,318.04, that's the real number that they're going to use. So we can't use generalizations. This is why doing that paperwork up front, as we've discussed, is so important because that underwriter is going to verify everything down to the penny and they're going to give back a group of conditions. They're going to say, we'll approve this loan, but we need these items. We have these questions or concerns. Maybe it's an updated pay stub. Maybe it's an updated bank statement. Maybe it's a question on an inquiry on your credit. They're going to come back with all that stuff. When they do that, and really while they're doing that, a loan processor is going to be ordering verifications, making sure you work where you say you do getting different types of validation of your business if you're self-employed or from your CPA. They're going to be ordering appraisals on the house if there's one required. They're going to be ordering title searches to make sure that the house that you're buying or refinancing is owned by who they say it's owned by. I mean, that's all very important, the legalities. Wow. This is all going... It, this is in process behind the scenes. You as a home buyer or homeowner are not going to see a lot of this. It's going to be happening behind the scenes, but it just shows you how much work goes into processing a mortgage. It can be literally hundreds and hundreds of pages of documentation. But once that's all done, Gary, that's where the fun is because that's when you get the clear to close. The clear to close is when the underwriter comes back and says, you've satisfied all of our questions. You've addressed all of our concerns. We are clearing your loan for closing. You can go ahead and schedule your closing. And then that's when you schedule the time that you're going to go sign the paperwork with your attorney or a real estate advisor at their office. And then the actual closing occurs and the money is dispersed. Well, I want to get to the fun part that you mentioned. So from start to finish, what's the length of time we're talking about? I know about? it sounds like a lot. <laughs> I will tell you in the case... In the case of somebody refinancing where we don't need an appraisal, I'm doing these loans in two to three weeks. Everything that I just told you is done in two to three weeks from the date you call me or go online to my website until the date you're closing, two to three weeks. Again, that is for somebody refinancing where oh. we don't need an appraisal. Oh, in the okay. case of buying a home or refinancing where there are appraisals and different things needed like that, you can expect on average between 30 and 60 days. Now, I know that right now a lot of big banks and credit unions, I'm being told they're taking three to four months. 
That to me is a red flag. That's unacceptable. This is, yeah. this is a process that's much easier to do when it's like a tennis match. The ball's going back and forth. The underwriters go into the processor. The processor's going to the loan officer. The loan officer's going to you. And it's like this this ball match going back and forth. It's very, it flows really nice. Everyone feels good that things are being processed and progressed in the way that they should. There are so many consumers that come to me, buyers and homeowners, that say, I've been working with my credit union for two months and I haven't heard from anyone in three weeks. They said there was an appraisal done. I have no clue. It's really frustrating. It's a red flag. It's showing you that maybe you didn't choose the right person to work with up front. It may be a reason to even switch horses and find somebody that's more responsive and communicative. Yeah. But generally speaking, 30 to 60 days, almost all transactions should occur in that timeline. That's what you should expect. All right. So I just want to be clear. Um, if you can once again, just maybe repeat the difference in time for the process on a home purchase and then versus the refinance. So I, I, the think, re I think I heard that in there, but. So the home purchase is always pretty much going to take longer in all cases because you need that appraisal. There's home inspections. There's different things that have to be done. Sometimes we need a well inspection or a water test or things of that nature, depending on where you're buying the home and what's required. There's a lot of different parties involved when you're buying a home. There's realtors, there's attorneys, there's buyers, there's sellers, there's inspectors, there's appraisers. That's just an initial list. Then there's all the people behind the scenes that you don't even see, underwriters, processors, et cetera. Once you start adding this up, you can see every time somebody touches your file, that's time that it's going to take to be worked on. So that's why you can expect a home purchase to take more like 30 to 60 days. And that's why in some cases it can take even longer. Also with a home purchase, a lot of the time there might be repairs that have to get done to make that property you know, sufficient for your needs that you negotiate with the seller. Well, repairs can take a week. They can take a month in some cases. So that's what adds to that timeline when you're buying a home is all the parties and all the different things. But when you're refinancing, we can get it done so quick because you already own the home. You already have been through the mortgage process before in almost all cases, unless uh -huh. you bought in cash. So there's a familiarity with the process. You can be more communicative and getting stuff done. We're not waiting for realtors. We're not waiting for home inspectors when you're refinancing. And in many cases, as we'll discuss further with the advents in technology, we don't even need an appraisal in some cases. And the ones we do, we can order it right away. We don't have to wait for this person or that person. So that's why the refinancing process can move so quickly now due to technology. And you can be in and out and with your new mortgage in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, but I would imagine there are things that people do that slows down the process, right? There are. And I think it's really important that we address those things. I'd say the number one thing that can just put a wrench in the whole thing, no matter whether you're buying or refinancing, is not disclosing information up front. And I'll give you some examples. Maybe you pay child support and you neglect telling us that you pay child support because it's not showing up anywhere up front. So if you don't tell us, we don't know until we get your bank statement or we get these other pieces of verification. Um, another thing is you just took out a loan that we don't know about. Maybe on the day that you apply for your pre-approval, you go from talking to your mortgage advisor to the car dealer and you go and you buy a car or you take out a personal loan or something. 
We're not going to find out about that if you don't tell us about it. And actually, the new mortgage application does ask that. It says, have you or will you be applying for any other loans while this is in process? And this is a new mortgage application that actually came out just on uh, in March. So it's very, very new. Uh, and it asks questions that the old one didn't. So if you don't disclose that information up front, that's a big issue. Also, uh, I would say another big thing is taking forever to get us your documents. When we need documents to get you pre-approved or get your mortgage going, we need those documents quickly. You should be able to have documents at the ready, W-2s, pay stubs, driver's license. Get those to us within a day or two. Don't take a week. Don't take a month. I understand people are busy, but like we've talked about before, be prepared. If something comes up that you're not prepared for, communicate with your loan officer or loan processor to say, you know, I don't have that document. I'm going to need to go to my CPA to get my tax return from two years ago. I don't have it. I'm going to need a week. You know, even though you shouldn't need a week, we should be able to just email and get things done quickly. It can take longer, but you got to communicate that because that's going to completely screw up the process. It's going to basically press pause on your process. And the longer that things are paused, the longer it takes us to move things along, the longer it takes us to look over wow. the documents. Um, so communicating is the other piece. Yeah, I, w I would imagine that. And so people can realistically be their own worst enemy for speeding up, you know, for, a lot of the time slowing they down are. their process. If we're not going to get your mortgage done or there's a problem, let's yeah. address that right up front. All let's right, so, know that. So then, Rob, let's look at the other side of things. I mean, are there things that people can do to expedite the process? Absolutely. You want to be prepared. Don't go on vacation the day after you apply for a mortgage because we're going to need documents from you as we're discussing. And if you're in Tahiti on vacation or on a cruise or something like that, you're going to say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have that till I get back. But they can bring those those documents with them at, at their initial meeting. They right? can. And really right Just now, tell them, tell them bring it's this, all this, done this. electronically. But oh, here's the thing is better. we review your documents and then another document's needed or you forgot to tell us about something, and now we need more documents. Very, very common, it's not out of the ordinary. So if you know that initial checklist, we would like to say that's all you're gonna need, and I would say in 70, 75%, that is all we need. But if you're in that 25% of cases where we uncover something, which is normal, you need to be prepared to get us those additional documents. Um, I have retired clients where we need social security letters or we need a letter from their financial advisor. We may not know that we need that up front or that may not come up. Even if we order that up front, it might take a few weeks to happen. I just had a case like that where it took the financial advisor two weeks to write us a letter. Sometimes you just have no way around that. Also, when you're submitting documents, give us all of the pages of the documents. If you only give us eight out of 12 pages, there's missing info, you're on pause. You're put to the bottom of the pile. I'm specifically talking about bank statements. That's the big one that people screw up is they just send a screenshot or they just send the relevant pages. But if it says page one of 12, we need all 12, even if some of them are blank. So that's big. Completeness is key with all your documents. Don't send us half a pay stub or just the first page of your tax return. Give us all pages. If we don't need it, we'll put it aside. Do you need the physical document itself or, this, no, or a photo electronic. of it? It's fine. Everything nowadays is electronic. We're using technology. I would say 95% of my clients never give me a physical document. All right. So then you mentioned technology. Let's go there then since you said that buzzword. And that's a significant, that's a very key buzzword. How is technology, other than what you just mentioned, 
Uh, or maybe you want to expound on that. How is technology playing an increasing role in the mortgage process? Technology is huge. And I've been doing this now almost 20 years. Even when I started, I thought technology was really empowering the mortgage process. And I've only seen that progress over the years. So I think one thing up front that everyone will be familiar with is communication. Communication is so key in our lives right now. Social media, text messaging, all that. I have clients I only talk to on text message. That's their preferred method. <laughs> 10 years ago, wasn't possible. I have had actually even a few clients, they found me on Facebook or Instagram. That's where they communicate is direct messaging through Facebook and Instagram. They'll send me documents through Facebook or through Instagram, through these different places. That's crazy to me. We would have never thought that years ago. So communication is the big place that technology has played a role. Also keeping you updated on the status of your loan. I have an online portal that I use that will text message you updates on your loan saying, hey, you're submitted to underwriting. We got the appraisal. Your loan's cleared to close. That can all be done now using email, text messaging, and this online communication. So a huge part moving away from that in the process is automation and verification. So if you work for a Fortune 500 company, we can probably verify your employment with the click of a button, meaning we can click a button and it spits back out instantly a verification of how much you make, how long you've worked there, what's your position, your employment history for the last several years. Now, that's not in all cases, but it is very common if you work for a big company, Fortune 500 and that sort of thing. So that's been a huge uh, windfall for the mortgage industry because it used to take sometimes hours of following up, talking to HR, talking to payroll, faxing this, emailing that. It would be incomplete. We'd have to go back and forth. It could take days or weeks. Now it's instant and it's almost always very complete, those verification. Same thing with verifying your bank account. I subscribe to a service called Account Check. And not for all loan programs, but for many, I can send you a secure link. You can log into your online banking and it will download all the data that we need instantaneously, literally, well, I shouldn't say instantly, within a few minutes. It does take a few minutes for it to download. And that's if you use online banking, we can verify investment accounts like that, checking accounts, savings, money market. That takes all the stuff we were talking about on completeness, on all pages of bank statements. If we're doing automated verifications of this, it will automatically give us all that documentation, and it's just you clicking a button. This is all technology that's come up in the last few years. Next thing would be electronic signatures. I remember the first loan that I did using electronic signatures. It was around 2016. I was so excited because we used to have to FedEx this huge packet out to people or have them come in and sign 100 pages. Now people could electronically sign right on their tablet or their smartphone <laughs> or their computer, and it would take literally... 10, 15 minutes, what used to take a couple of days. So electronic signatures are huge. And like I said, the secure portal, now you're right. in tune with what's going on. You can transmit documents on there. Even a year later, you could go on, if you needed a, a pay stub or you needed a W-2, you could go into that secure portal a year later and download that and give it to whoever you need. Just really makes it easy, simple, intuitive, and embracing wow. technology. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Folks, you are listening to... Mortgage Matters Radio Show with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. I want to give you a phone number. I'll repeat it again a little bit later towards the end of the show. Uh, 860, what do we have here? I got to put my glasses on. Oh, my goodness. This is sad. All right, 860-413-3938. Let me repeat that for you. 860-413-3938. You know, a little while ago, earlier in this show, 
you mentioned something, and I wanted to stop you, but you were on such a roll, I wrote it down. And I think it's something that a lot of people may not even be familiar with. You mentioned it once several weeks ago, and I, I we think we just ran out of time. Um, I may have mentioned it, I may not have, but I, but it caught my attention then, and it caught my attention today. We've heard of you know homeowners insurance. You know, there's insurance for everything, but mortgage insurance. What is mortgage insurance? Mortgage insurance is required when you're putting less than 20% down on a property. It protects the lender in the case of default, meaning that you don't pay your mortgage back. So it's an insurance policy that you have to pay for as a home buyer or homeowner when you're getting a mortgage and you have less than 20% equity, like I said, but it actually protects the lender. And it protects them because when you don't have a lot of equity in your property, if you foreclose and they have to sell that house, they might have to take a loss. There's not enough equity. Who knows what the market will be at that point? Could be good. It could be bad. So that mortgage insurance protects them to say, hey, we'll reimburse you. The insurance company says, we'll reimburse part of your loss if this person gets foreclosed. Is it expensive? It, in some cases, it is. In some cases, it's not. For an FHA loan, for example, it's a very standard amount right now. It's around 0.8% per year on the amount of the mortgage, okay? And that's divided over 12 months. So for the average home in Connecticut, you could expect maybe $150 to $250 a month out of your mortgage payment that's going to go to that mortgage insurance. Now, if you're getting a conventional mortgage and you have maybe better credit or are putting a little more down than the minimum, then you can get, there's different mortgage insurance providers. There's private companies, private insurance companies that specifically specialize in this type of insurance. Hmm. Now they're a little more forgiving because they look at your credit score. They look at your debt to income. They look at how much down are you putting? Are you putting 5% down? Or are you putting 15% down? The more down, the better your credit, the lower your debt to income ratio, the lower the mortgage insurance. I have a client refinancing now, bought their home several years ago. They still don't have 20% equity, but they have 15% equity. They're taking a mortgage out for almost $500,000, but their mortgage insurance is only like $130 a month. That's really not that much when you look at it as a half a million dollar home, okay? Half a million dollar mortgage, I should for say. For how long? For the... For it's not for, so for FHA and these rules are always changing, but for an FHA loan, which is typically going to be your lower down payment, lower credit score type of buyers, that's going to require for the life of the loan in most cases. And in some cases, if you're putting down enough, they'll make it 11 years. So the mortgage insurance is on there for the first 11 years, then it will come off. If you are getting a conventional mortgage, again, it's much more forgiving and it could be on there for maybe even as little as a couple of years, and then it will come off. Again, it's based on how much equity you have in the home. So on a conventional mortgage, typically when you hit 22% equity, which would put you at a 78% loan to value, then they will eliminate that mortgage insurance. But I would say, Gary, for most people that are either buying or refinancing that have the mortgage insurance, almost all cases, the way you're going to get out of it is by refinancing. When you get to that point that you have enough equity, maybe home values have shot up like they have recently in Connecticut, you might be able to get rid of that mortgage insurance in a year or 18 months after you take that mortgage because we can have your house reappraised. We can get you a new mortgage based on the current value, and then it won't require the mortgage insurance, you see? So that's a key that a lot of people, they think, oh, I got to wait. 
No, you don't necessarily have to wait for years and years and is years. Is it built into your mortgage payment? It is. Yeah. It's part like of your like mortgage property payment. property tax would be. It's tax insurance and mortgage insurance is built in in those cases, again, where you have that minimal equity. I'm glad I asked you. Um, and I, we're running out of time. I wanted to try to get maybe one. And if you, if you can be quick with this, uh, what are your thoughts about the future of the mortgage process. Where are we going? What, how, what direction are it's we heading? It's really in? exciting because the mortgage industry has really embraced technology. I would say some other industries have more, mm-hmm. but you know, from a compliance standpoint, slowly but surely we have been making technology a part of the process and it makes it easier for a consumer and a home, home buyer, homeowner, whoever you are getting a mortgage. We're talking about automating the appraisal process where in some cases, even right now, you don't even need an appraisal on your home because there's enough data with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac on your home, on your area, that they don't even need an appraisal. They say, hey, we know the house is worth that much. We know the area is doing well. That can save you hundreds of dollars, and that can create these scenarios we're talking about where you can refinance and get a mortgage in just a couple of weeks. So I see that continuing to accelerate title searches. You know, that's something that from the beginning, I've always said, God, I wish they could automate this because title searches for most attorneys throughout Connecticut, I've worked with dozens all over and they usually take a week or two. Mm -hmm. It would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And in some towns, they can just take a day or two. Well, I'm excited about the day that we can click a button and have a title search back in 24 hours or less, maybe even instantly. So I see that coming and uh, just electronic communications continuing making you as a home buyer, homeowner empowered in the process to know where you're at, know what's coming next, know you're on schedule, uh, data collection, documentation collection. It's only getting better and quicker using technology. And I actually heard one of my mentors out in California say he thinks you'll be able to get a mortgage in the next couple of years in seven days. Whoa. Providing that you have all your documentation ready Gotta to go. Got to have it. Wow. But the actual process could be seven days. That's incredible. I bet you're looking forward to that day. I am. You know, you say, though, if you put more than 20% down, you won't need a a mortgage insurance. But then I've heard you say all the times, you don't need to, you don't put 20% down. You you can use that money in other investments and make more money. So I guess you got to weigh it. That's why you need a mortgage advisor and a good strategy. Folks, you have been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show with uh, Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Uh, I know there's ways that you would love to reach Rob Weinberg. I, I, I Let me do this. Let me give you his phone number, and I also want to give you his website and uh, email address as well. You can call him at 860-413-3938. Once again, 860-413-3938. His website is where I would start. I'd poke around there. You'd probably get a lot of your questions answered. Uh, then again, it may spark other questions that you might want to write down for when you do call him. His website is very easy. It's robgw.com. That's Rob, R-O-B-G-W.com. And if you would like to email him a question, hey, who knows, maybe it can get answered um, on this show as soon as next week. Simply email him at mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. Again, it's mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one.